Thank you for listening to this podcast brought to you by Baylife Church Port Stevens. We hope you find this message challenges and inspires you in your daily Christian walk. For more information, visit www.baylifechurch.org.au. We are doing a, a new series called Simplify and uh, basically trying to whittle away, um, I don't know, we get so caught up in the distractions and the stuff of the world. We get so lost in, in what's going on around us and we, we get fearful and we get concerned and we get weighed down and we, we lose our way in the process. And uh, what I, I wanted to particularly try and do in this, this series is really just simplify our lives. And, and sometimes we need help with that. Sometimes we need a coach. Sometimes we need something to help us simplify because, you know, you've seen those TV shows where people have the junk loaded up in their houses and actually it was very similar like yesterday, actually. Um, um, <laughs> as we moved the lounges and found an amazing amount of stuff behind us. So... Uh, I'm sure there was a full pizza in there behind there at one stage, and uh, but but it was moving, so I didn't want to touch it. So, um, uh, <laughs> but uh, no, but we get distracted, and, and, and here's the thing: I, sometimes we don't know that we need to be to simplify our lives. Sometimes we just think, "Oh, this is just life," and we live it. And it's like, no, no, no. That Jesus has got a, a very different way. To, to live our lives. And so what I want to do this morning is bring you the next segment of this. The first one was, we talked about love last week. We talked about you know, how we're meant to love our God with all our heart, with all our mind, with all our strength, with, with everything we have, with our mind in, in Jesus' name. And then we love our neighbors as we love ourselves. We love our neighbors as we love ourselves. And, uh, uh, and, and this week, we're going to talk about something, just making disciples. And it's really simple, this stuff. Love last week was really simple, but it's so important. I think sometimes the simple things are the most profound things. And sometimes we almost take them for granted. And this week we're talking about making disciples. And it seems simple in, in talking about it. It seems like a simple thing to do to make disciples. But it's actually, and I do want to try and keep it simply simple here this morning as well. But, um, you know... Love God was the greatest com- commandment. This one's called the greatest commission. It's in Matthew 28, and uh, it goes like this, verses 19 to 20. Therefore, go and make disciples of all the nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, and teaching them to obey everything I have commanded you. You see, this is the last thing Jesus said before he left this earth. This is the last thing he left us with. And I would think, from my perspective, they are weighty words. They are words we should consider on. We should take our time to consider what Jesus is saying, the last words he left us with. And, and, and I think if we get a hold of this, this can help us simplify our lives. You know, um, Making disciples, here's a definition. Making disciples is an intentional act of investing your time and energy in the life of another that will influence how they develop in their faith and how they help others do the same. I love that. Develop in their faith and how they help others do the same. You see, we so often categorize discipleship 
as a program that we do. If we do this program, then we're doing discipleship. No, it's not that. It's not, a, it's not a program. It's not something that we do. It's something that we are. We are making disciples. It's, it's not we have to go somewhere else to do that. It's not about going somewhere else and making disciples there. It's actually making disciples exactly where you are. And I'm going to come around on this point a few times here this morning. I just want to keep really simple and really keep focused on what it is to make disciples. You see, there's a Greek word for, for that word go. I'm not even going to try and pronounce it because it's just a mouthful. And I'll make a mess of it anyway. Hey, can we go to the next screens? I just realized. Um, no, no. Where are you up to? That's way down, isn't it? Yes. Next one again. Um, so, so this word, go, it it's actually means to proceed, to take a journey. And, and in English, we think of go as a command. It's not a, it's not a command. The command is to make disciples. And this word go is more like as you go, as you do life, as you be a part of whatever you're a part, as you do that, in your families, in your friendships, as you do that in your marriage, as you do that in your work, in your sport, in school, at uni, whatever that looks like for you, what, as you go, make disciples and, and, and reach them, connect them, love them in a way that they want to be loved and they want to know more about Jesus. Make disciples isn't about making anyone do anything. Because I, I, I must admit, sometimes I've struggled with the idea of making disciples. Well, how do I make anyone a disciple? Well, that's not the point. That's not what we're meant to do. And I'll show you that in the, the process of this morning, I hope. So what's a disciple? What's this making disciples all about f- from the Great Commission? It, it actually just means, disciple in the Greek word just means learner. Just to be a learner. Just to be a pupil, a follower. Even adherent was another word they used. And, and to adhere to something is to stick to something. It's to stick to someone's teachings. And, and, of course, in this situation, to stick to the teachings of Jesus. And so it's not our own teaching. It's someone else's teaching in this situation. And how do we do that? How do we make anyone be a disciple? We can't do that. We can't make anyone. In fact, if we make anyone do anything, that's religion. That's religious. And that's not what we're called to do. And as to make disciples is to make someone a learner who wants to learn more about Jesus and then show someone else about Jesus. It's, it's this, this idea of discipleship has been so mucked up, I reckon, in, in the process of this. Um, what are learners? The ones are learning to follow Christ. It's a great commission. It's about our witness, about baptizing them. It's about the whole idea of teaching them, yes, but, but not so much about teaching them. And, and the emphasis shouldn't be um, on, on uh, someone following a discipleship program. And I, and I just want to make this really clear. It's actually out of who you are. It's actually, if, you, if you've learnt something about yourself and about Jesus, it's actually about communicating that with other people in your world. It's actually, see, I think sometimes we think, well, you have to be a theologian, you have to go to Bible college, you have to be a minister or something like that to to disciple people. No, 
No, it's not anything like that. It's actually about what you have learnt in Christ and then reproducing that or telling other people about what you've learnt and letting them lean into that and then also encouraging them to tell other people about what they've learnt as a process of that. So there's no time that you have got an excuse that you can't do this. And that's pretty much what this message is wholly about here this morning. Who are you hanging out with? Well, they're, they're the people in your the disciples in your world. They're the people that, that will be leaning into what you're doing, who you are, who we do life with. And that's definitely not a program that you do. You know, Jesus made disciples. He picked a, a, a handful of crazy guys you know, from all different walks of life. And he started to disciple them. And, 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 and as they did life together, as they journeyed together, they realized that it wasn't so much that he sat down and taught them because often when he taught, <laughs> they're going, what, what was that about, Jesus? What, what were you saying there? What, I don't understand what you're saying. And he'd have to re-teach them what he was actually saying in the process. But it was actually about as they did life, as they went through life, as, as they encountered people, as they encountered the, you know, the woman at the well, as they encountered the blind people, as they encountered the different situations, they were being taught and being learners as they leaned into what Jesus was actually doing. So there was teachable moments in that process rather than him sitting down saying, well, this is how you heal a blind person, rub some mud in their eyes. No, that's not the point. That's not the point. You know, sharing our life with another learner and encouraging that person to then be a learner themselves and to teach other people in the process. That's making disciples. That's making disciples. It's not about curriculum. It's about a personal relationship with people in your world. And, and so the Great Commission is about making disciples. Okay. Basically, I want to sh- show you there's two misunderstandings or, or you might say two excuses about discipleship or discipling people. And, and for you, I've already touched on one of them here. I'm not ready to disciple anyone. You know, I don't know enough, I'm not good enough, I don't know enough Bible, I don't know this or that. And, and there's all sorts of excuses about that. And it's the wrong thinking. It's the wrong thinking. You know, um, it's as you go about your life, you make disciples. As you do life, you make disciples. Who are you discipling? Who are you getting alongside in your life? Who are you sowing your life into? Who are you telling about the things you're learning in the process? Because that's the basis of our Christianity. As we interact with our God, that, that vertical love, it's actually then the horizontal spillover, that, that, that connection with other people about what we've learned about Jesus in the process. And that's what the Great Commission is all about. You know, Jesus didn't commission his disciples because they already knew everything about making disciples. That wasn't the point. You know, th- there's an interesting little passage there because the, the scripture we looked at, verse 19, talks about therefore. And, but if you look at verse 18, it says this, All authority in heaven and earth has been given to me. All authority in heaven and earth has been given to me. Therefore, because Jesus saying, I've got all authority in heaven and earth because God's given it to me, Because of that, you now have the same authority in Jesus to go out 
and do what you've called, been called to do. He commands us as learners to enable other people to become learners. And, and it's as simple as that and as profound as that. Because I don't know if you've actually had, even had that opportunity to, to, to sow into someone else's life with, with what you've learned about Jesus. And, and some of you go, I don't know if this is getting through or not. But something can happen in the process of just leaning into that, that conversation, you know. Jesus was amazing. I, I, I didn't realize that there would be this love and I didn't understand there was forgiveness. didn't know his acceptance would be there for me. And as you lean into that, as you, as you teach, show other people God's love and, and become uh, enmeshed in that. Um, and, and here's the thing, and I'll say it and I'll say it again. You don't have to be a mature believer for this. You, you don't have to be a certain level in your Christianity. It's wherever you are, whoever's in your world, you reach out to them. Become, you know, that person that, as a learner that you are teaching them about Jesus in the process. And, and it's not a, a book thing. Uh, I just want to keep saying that to you. It's not about having the right study material. It's not about the right things that you've got in place. Hmm. You only have to teach people about what you've learned up to where you are. And you're going to learn more. And, and there's going to be another time to, to, to talk about something else in that process. But you only can teach what you've been up to in, so far in your journey. And, and, and it's not about reaching somewhere. See, Jesus' words says this, and Always until the end of the age, I will be with you. He's empowered us. He's positioned us. He's prepared us, equipped us even for what he's called us to do. And it's just so Jesus-centered. It's, it's not about us at all. I know I keep saying we teach them. But it's not about us. It's about who Jesus is in the process, what he's done in my life, how he's changed me, how, how I've become different because of that, you know? And if you've, if you've made a decision to follow Christ, you've been saved here, you, you, uh, um, you, you don't, um, you, uh, you realize that you've got a testimony. You've got something that Jesus has done in your heart, that, that he has changed you on the inside, that you are now different to the way you were. And, and whether you've even been able to articulate that, that's so much a part of our testimony. We have to be able to articulate what Jesus has done in us, the way we're different, the way we've been transformed, that we are now different because of what he has done for us. And that's what, what just basically what we're, we're, we're teaching people. We're, we're, we're showing them in the process. Mm. And it's just the people in your world, see? My understanding of discipleship was, well, you know, you got a group of people together in church and you did a program, you did the curriculum and you showed the video and you did the scripture reading. And it's like, no, it's not like that. It's actually like the people in your world, your, your hairdresser, your barber, the pe- person that might come into your home, the, the people you sit next to in the office, the people that you, you interact with in sport, the people you go to school with, the people you go to uni with, the people that are in your world. And, and, and for parents, it's actually your kids, you know, and, and, and it, it's other people in your sphere of influence, the people that are around you that are, that are, that are just, you know, and they already know you. You don't have to prove anything. you just got to be and show them and t- teach them about what you're learning about Jesus 
and allow them to get excited about what Jesus is doing in your life and hopefully they'll do a, he'll do a similar thing in their life. You know, if you want to use a theolo- theological word, it's called inc- incarnational living. And it, it basically just means this, that you are Jesus incarnate in the lives of people you have influence over. And for some people, you'll be the only Jesus they ever meet. You see? You, that, they may never read a Bible. They may never come to church. But the words that they're hearing and the actions they're seeing from you may be the only Jesus they ever see in their lives. And I'm telling you, that can make a difference. Can I tell you about Reese a little bit, who, who's just passed away? I'm a little bit scattered this morning. I, I'm actually finding it difficult to keep my emotions together. But, um, you know, he, his wife came to Music and Moves um, many years ago. And, uh, and the two kids and uh, got to know Robin because she leads it. And, and then there was this, this process of, of getting to know them and, and sort of a friendship but nothing really close. And then... Reese got melanoma cancer, got diagnosed melanoma cancer. And uh, obviously that was hard. And, uh, um, and didn't, you know, just no God background at all, really. And, uh, and they're trying to question what's this all about, why this happened to me, you know, uh, we're all alone in the world. Like all, all the questions that you do ask when you've got, you haven't got God in your life. And, uh, uh, and, and over the years... So people in this church, many people in this church, you know, Robin, there's been lots of people sowing into their lives and, and, and to the point that he went, you know what, I, I really do believe there's a God and I want to follow him and, uh, and made a decision to, to follow Christ. And, and, and so to me, that is the greatest victory because that's discipleship and process. And then it's the, 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 the years after that where you're still struggling a little bit with, well, how come this has happened to me? My wife's going to be by herself with the kids. All that stuff that you, you have to process. But to me, that is true discipleship. That is really what it's all about. It's actually learning and showing people what God's done in my life and then them learning that same thing. And you know what? The boys the other day, one of the boys has been anti-really church for a little while now just because, I don't know, maybe it's not cool, I'm not sure. He said, you know what, I want to come to church on Sunday. And it's like, that was before Reese passed away. And it's like, you know what, that's discipleship right there. They're, they're seeing us with his dad. They're, they're, they're seeing that Christian love. You know, there's been men here that have been sowing into Reese's lives. There's been, I'm sure, women that are sowing into Sam's life, if you know her. And, uh, and the boys are observing that. And so they're leaning into that, that as well. And they're realizing there's something more to life than we currently see. And, uh, you know, so, so we all need to realize that we are ready to be making disciples in our lives. There's not an excuse that I'm not ready. The second thing is I don't need someone else to, um, to disciple me. I don't need someone else to disciple me. And, and the truth is that's very arrogant. That, that is very um, self-centered and, and it's really pride, if you like, or maybe it's complacency. You know, maybe you say, well, I haven't got time. And, 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 but none of those are very good excuses as far as I'm concerned. We all need 
to be discipling someone and we need someone to disciple us. Every single one of us. Someone needs, we all need someone that's further along the track and we also need someone that's behind us that we can help come through in the process. We all need to be sowing into other people's lives. It's a way Christianity is designed, I guess. It's the way Jesus designed it, designed the church to do that, to, to include people in our lives, to, to learn and to, to be all that he wants us to be, to be the disciple that he wants us to be. And I'm running short of time, but I, I want to show you one guy that I love in the Bible. His name's Barnabas. And his name means son of encouragement. And I reckon this, is the, this guy is the way we're meant to be disciples. I reckon this is the, the guy that, that we should model our discipleship off, if you like. Because he, he is stunning. I, I, if, if anyone said to me, Greg, you're like Barnabas, that would be the greatest in, uh, encouragement that I could actually get. Uh, and because you probably don't even know very much about Barnabas unless you've heard me speak about him before. But in, in Acts verse, uh Chapter 11, 24, um, it talks about Barnabas. He said, He was a good man, full of the Holy Spirit and faith, and a great number of people were brought to the Lord because of him. He was a good man. He was full of the Holy Spirit and faith, and a great number of people were brought to the Lord. And, and you see, Barnabas raised up Paul. And so you hear a lot about Paul and Timothy, and they're, they're good models but there's a Barnabas in the middle. You see, Paul is like the guy ahead of us that, that, that raises up. Timothy's like the guy behind us that we, we sow into and lift up. But Barnabas is the man, the, 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 the guy that's the, the peer. Yeah? He's not impressed by us. He, he doesn't care what you've done. He, 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 he just loves us and wants the best for us. And here's some quick thoughts. I will get through these quite quickly about Barnabas. He was a generous man. He was a generous man. You know, in Acts 4.36, it says how Barnabas sold a block of land. This is the, the start of the, the, the early church. And he bought his money and, and laid it at the disciples' feet. See, Paul, see, Barnabas reached out to Paul when everyone else was scared of Paul. Paul was this, still this scary dude that, that persecuted and killed Christians. And, and he had the Damascus Road experience. He, he'd been changed and, and no one else wanted to have anything to do with Paul. Even though they'd heard good things, they didn't want to have anything to do with him. But Barnabas went out of his way. And, and if you look at Acts 9, verses 26 to 30, he went out of his way to help Paul. He went to him. He, he, he spoke up for him. He defended him. He, he told all the other disciples, the apostles, about you know, the, the God encounter Paul had had with Jesus and the great stuff he was doing. Barnabas was neither impressed or afraid or intimidated by Saul's reputation, even though the other disciples were. And this is truly discipleship and encouragement as work as far as I'm concerned. It was with his words, but it was more than his words. It was his actions. And... Uh, it's wonderful when someone believes in us enough to go out of their way to support us, to encourage us, to to lift us up, to do something beyond the natural, beyond the normal, you know, and, and actually go out of their way just to encourage us and, and position us for all that God has got for us. And that's what discipleship is. Maybe you can think of someone or some people in your life that have supported you and have thought enough of you to go out of their way to help you, to, to position you, to, to, you know, want for the success or the, the results that, that God's got for you. And it's a way we need to think about discipleship as encouragement. 
you know, that we, we, we maybe they'll even challenge you in the process. Like, it, it's all that. And uh, um, maybe you're here today because of that s- someone that's been dis- discipled you, that was a learner, that encouraged you to, to, to think more, to be more, to, to consider that there is more to this life than you currently see. Hmm. So that this, this discipleship thing's a multiplication deal. There's a multiplication happens when we disciple people. There's this thing that when you get the true spirit of this as a learner and you sow into someone else's life and they get that's what they're meant to do as well and they sow into someone else's life and they get that's what they're meant to do and they start to sow into someone else's life. I'm telling you, Christianity is unstoppable. But it's only when we're self-focused and we pull back, and, and we think it's about a program that someone else is running, that's discipleship. No, it's not. You know, Barnabas could have so easily justified not going to Paul. He spent a year with Paul. He, he went out of his way. I, I, I think he went to Tarsus, and then they went to, um, uh, what's the other place they went to? But anyway, they, they went somewhere else for a whole year. He discipled him. A whole year he hung out with him. He sowed into his life. He, he helped them become the man that he was, he was designed to be in God. He, he, he stood up for him. And, and while everyone was doubting Saul or Paul, he was with him. He was spending his life with him, raising him up. And you go, wow, that, that is amazing. See, oh, no, I haven't got time. I won't go down that track. That's right. Um, Barnabas was a very generous man. He gave his time. He gave his resources. He gave his money, his finances. He, he gave it all levels. He, he sat it all in. And, and, and Paul was the, the outcome of that. You know, Barnabas was a great man. See, Barnabas could work with other people. He could work with other people. He wasn't threatened by others. And... Uh, it was Antioch, the other place he went to, that's right. He got him from Tarsus and took him to Antioch. So, so he sowed his life into this man. And, and, you know, I'm not saying you need to spend years with people to, to disciple them. Although, I don't know, that's the model we've got, so, so maybe. But when you read this, Barnabas wasn't, wasn't intimidated by Paul. Because when you read about it in Acts, the first six times you hear about Barnabas and Paul, it's always Barnabas and Paul. And then something changes it goes, Paul, Barnabas. Now, for some people, that would be the end of the relationship. Uh-oh, he's overtaken me, I'm out of here. But no, that's not the case. He actually, you continue to read about them, Paul and Barnabas. Then he switches back, Barnabas and Paul. But there goes Paul and Barnabas for the rest of the time. So Paul has now got the authority in the relationship. But Barnabas still hangs in there with him. And, and I love that about that. It wasn't about authority it wasn't about position see church we can make about positions and 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 stuff like that and just go ah that's antichrist as far as i'm concerned it's not about like your position in this that it's very religious you know and that's why i've tried to keep a loose thing on the the positional thing because i just think people get so i don't know if you've seen someone you give them the position and they change demeanor. It's like this really cool person, and then you give them this position, then they turn into this terrier, you know, and, and this bulldog. And it's just like, whoa, what happened to you? 
And, and, and so it's never about position. It's actually who we are in the process. And Barnabas could work with other people. He wasn't threatened by other people. He was happy to um, do whatever it took to support Paul as he became better known than him. You know? And let's look at, just think about what Paul did. It's stunning what Paul, the outcome of what Paul's life. He, he wrote two-thirds of the New Testament. Like, he planted churches. He, he, he raised up leaders and pastors across the known world. You know, it, it's stunning when you think about it. And I've got to move really quickly. A third thought I had about Barnabas, he, he gave people a second chance. You see, <laughs> um, we serve a God of second chances. And, uh, um, uh, and when Paul and Barnabas were going on their way to Antioch, they had uh, the young guy called John Mark with them. And John Mark, we don't know all the details, but he spat the dummy and ran home to mummy, basically. That, that's what it was. And, uh, and Paul wanted nothing to do. I think he's pretty choleric, this Paul, and uh, uh, he didn't want anything to do with this young man, John Mark, but, but Barnabas did, and that was what the cause of their dispute was between Barnabas and Paul. Barnabas wanted John Mark on their next trip. Paul said, nah, he's let us down. He's not coming again. And, uh, and that's where they, they actually parted ways. Um, uh, but Barnabas knew better. He gave him a second chance, and in fact, even Paul talks later on in the book of Acts about how John Mark was a, a benefit to him. He was, he was helpful in their ministry. And uh, so he recognized that, that perhaps Barnabas was right. Already covered this one. Barnabas was full of the Holy Spirit. Barnabas was a true disciple. He was an encourager. He was a mentor. He was a coach. He was a disciple. He wasn't insecure or threatened by other strong leaders around him. He raised up Paul to be the dominant one. And he was okay with that. You know, he mentored... And then the multiplication thing, Paul mentored and raised up lots and lots of pastors and leaders and churches. And, and, and we never know, never put a lid on this thing. You know, we never know in our kids' ministry, in our youth ministry, in, in sitting in this church, where, where the next Billy Graham's coming from, from the next, you know, Brian Houston or Darlene. We, we never know where that person's going to come from. But it's going to take someone with a Barnabas spirit, to go into bat for someone and say, yes, I believe in you. I'm going to stand with you. I know you've got more in you yet to come. I know there's more yet to come in your life. And I'm going to come on this journey with you. As you go, we're going to make disciples. We're going to be learners of Christ. We're going to be all that you want us to be. We're going to reach all the potential that you've got in Christ because I believe in you. I want the best for you. You see, it's about... It's not about us. It's about sowing to those people in our world. And I'm sorry, that's what Christianity is all about. If you thought it was a club or if you thought you'd just come on Sunday, no, it's not. That's coming to church. Being the church is actually being the hands and feet of Jesus in this community and loving people exactly where they are. That's what being the church is. The hands and feet of Jesus everywhere. And I'm out of time. And I did have a few other things to say, but can I pray for you? Can I pray for you here this morning? Father, we, we thank you, God, that you are an amazing God, that you, that the, the church has been in your heart since creation, God. You knew where this was all going to end up, God. You knew that you had people like us that just sometimes, we haven't got a clue sometimes, truthfully. But God, here this morning, we want to simplify 
our walk with you, God. We want to love you with all our heart, with all our soul, with all our mind, with all our strength, God. We want to love our neighbor as ourselves, God. And God, we want to make disciples in our world. We want to make others around us help to know you, to, to be learners of Christ, and to want to do the same thing in their sphere of influence, to be the, the disciple maker in, in different situations, God. And so here this morning, Lord, I pray that seed goes in and, and is germinated in our hearts and in our spirits to be all that you want us to be, God, to be the disciple-making type of church that you wanted on this earth, God, that to be that Barnabas generation that, that goes beyond the normal, beyond the natural, beyond the, the thing that's convenient, but go the extra mile. To, to spend that extra time sowing into someone that the other people didn't believe in, God. God, I thank you for this opportunity, God, to, to, that, to get that in our spirits, to simplify our lives and see what is really important. And I pray that in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Thanks for listening to the message today brought to you by Baylight Church. We hope the message leaves you feeling challenged and inspired to live out your Christian walk. Please tune in again for next week's message.